One of them, I don't remember which one, they're equally offensive. One of them refers to the other guys as a bunch of weens. That was Noah, because I will never be able to erase it. It literally felt like we were watching Mean Girls, like that early 2000s language. They're a bunch of It's also going to be the name of this episode. All right, all right, all right. We're back for week three of our podcast, week one million of this season of The Bachelorette. How's it going, Emily? It's so good. I do feel as though this season will end in 2029, and I'm okay with it. Because if I have to watch Tasha for nine more years, sign me up. Also, we're starved for content. We're definitely going into a phase two lockdown, and this is the only thing that I have, so keep it going. I'm not in therapy right now, so. We're recording this episode right after we've watched The Bachelorette because this was arguably the best episode of The Bachelorette we've ever gotten, and we were so excited that we just decided to go for it and record, so Emily has been drinking wine, and I have been drinking Bud Light Seltzer for hours. It's after hours. It's late night. That's showbiz, That's showbiz. baby. So. In the weird little beginning part of the episode where they give us the teaser for what we're about to watch, we get a little moment of Bennett saying, I'm not on the babysitter, I'm on the bachelorette. And what was beautiful to me about that moment is that Bennett is getting a glimpse into what it is like to be a woman talking to straight men. What was beautiful to me about that moment is that Bennett can't spell limousine. And yet... Like, someone please tell me, how do you spell it? All right, so then we kick off the episode and we see Chasen and Noah sharing a bed, okay? That's the first image. Two villains, one bed. <laughs> and it's not what we need. No. We don't need them to be friends. I need a friendship of like Brendan and Ivan. <laughs> I don't need a friendship of, of Chasen and Noah. Of, but, but it also is like that tracks that you guys are friends, whatever. Yeah, they're on a bed together. <laughs> they're on a chaise. Would you say that they're on a chaise and lounge i would say it is a <laughs> chaise and lounge yes indeed thank you so then we go into um one of the cringiest group dates of all time <laughs> they all have to write love songs to compete for a one-on-one which is an interesting element because normally it's like a couple guys get a group date one guy gets a one-on-one remaining guys get a group date but in this instance the guys on the group date are competing for a one-on-one which kind of adds a new level to it blake says that this is his worst nightmare of a date writing love songs and having to perform them blake my worst nightmare is also you singing she said at one point she was like what girl doesn't want this and i was like everyone i know if any man tried to sing to me at this fresh 23 years of my life no on site my promposal was a serenade a serenade and i will marry again except one <laughs> i also really appreciate that after a few glasses of wine you're doing this entire podcast as a bad john mulaney impersonator the most amazing part of this date is that none of them played an instrument where did they find this many men who don't play the guitar and where can i also find that <laughs> because i've never dated anyone who didn't play the guitar and i wish that i had um, my tinder bio for like years not for years, for a few, for a while, was if you don't play the guitar, DM me. Tattoo man, whose name I forget, wrote Kenny, in a cr- boy band manager, Kenny. What boy band does he manage? Let me know. Why would you have a talentless manager? Make it make sense. He's managing the doodle bops. But it's the wiggles, <laughs> but let's move on. Proceed. Tattoo man, who I only know as tattoo man, literally wrote an acrostic poem for his song. He was like, T is for, A is for, 
And we thought it couldn't get worse, but Blake played the accordion. Blake can't play the accordion, by the way, for anyone who didn't watch the episode. <laughs> yeah, to correct myself, Blake is not an accordion player, but he did play the accordion, I guess. And he tried his best. Oh, we got our first glimpse of Angel Ivan. He spoke saying he didn't do the assignment. He he spoke, but it didn't matter it was... because what he said was so cute. And he invited her up. This is what I loved. He was like, you're so far away. Come up here and stand with me. I was like, you little angel so ivan wins this one-on-one so which he deserved because bennett rapped so i've never seen anything whiter in my life it was aggressively white and you know what i gotta say a product of this like quarantine bachelorette thing that i'm actually really enjoying we're kind of losing this overdone trope of these like crazy bachelor dates that are like i made her skydive to prove that she would take risks for me it's so weird when they're like jump off a building to prove we could get married why no take me to dinner first you weirdo (laughs) i wanted him to scuba dive with sharks to prove that he could father my kids ivan and tasha's one-on-one was very normal he just went over to her suite at the hotel and they ordered room service and they played games and like it was awesome it was like watching normal people date it was was fun and we've seen in really old seasons they used to do dates like this like Ashley's season they did a date like this and I liked it a lot and she ended up choosing the guy that she had that date with what I liked about this one was it was so fun like she's like we have to go to the phone but the floor is lava like it was so cute they played twister it was like you guys are actually doing fun things it's not just a movie night but it's not this crazy like way out there insane thing that nobody could ever do no it was really cute Ivan says something that like really stuck with me and I feel like it kind of you know Ivan seems to be like a pretty shy guy like he doesn't he's not incredibly social he's not very outgoing but at one point he says to Tasha, I'm not a new guy you just bring out the best in me I think as like fans of this show we kind of forget sometimes that These are like real people who are not used to being on camera and it takes a lot to like be vulnerable on camera and act like yourself on camera. And I think that's why like some of the guys in the house are maybe getting the impression that Ivan is super shy. He's not very outgoing. But then he says to Tasha that he she brings out the best in him, which is very sweet. Then we pan to Ben. Um, We cut out of Ivan's date. And we pan back to the guys and Ben, all I wrote was Ben with like that, um, like puppy dog emoji. (laughs) I just have a feeling it was something to the effect of him being like, I know she's disappointed in me. And probably what it was. I think I said this last week. I felt bad for him because I understood the sentiment of him not wanting to be like pushy and annoying. And then I felt for him because it totally backfired. And I was like, you poor thing. The other thing we saw in this cutaway was they announced the group date, right? And and Noah is not on the group date because Noah already has a rose. This is mustache man. He got a rose last week from the wrestling date where he jumped the fence, whatever. Yeah, that's why I'm so so glad this episode ended with a rose ceremony because it puts us back on track for next week to be a regular schedule. Yes, I said the same thing. So Noah already has a rose. So the group date thing comes and he's like, I'm so sad I'm not on the date. And Bennett literally is like, fuck you for sharing goodbye like he literally was like "Ooh, you have your fifi's hut see ya and i was like bennett is king even though he can't spell limousine or do math you forgot the most important thing that bennett said 
Bennett looks at the camera in his ITM and said, I'm glad he shaved the skid mark above his lip. Dude, Bennett <laughs> came for throats tonight and I was here for all of it. So then we cut back to the one-on-one between Ivan and Tasha. This is when we go outside, we're sitting by the pool. They're kind of sharing some more personal stuff. And Ivan, he goes into a lot of personal stuff, but one of the things he talks about is his relationship with his brother and how his brother has struggled with substance abuse issue and spent some time in prison. And just before going into prison, his his girlfriend had a daughter with him who he did not get to meet face to face for the first two years of her life because he was in prison. And Ivan talks about having to kind of step up and be a second dad to his niece for those two first two years of her life. And you can tell that this is like a very emotional thing for him to be talking about. Obviously, he and Tasha just kind of have this like really sweet moment connecting over being oldest siblings in the family, having to step up and be role models. I just think Ivan is a really unique and interesting type of man that we don't see a lot. And I I hate to insult men by saying this because it's not true of all men, but but like maybe a little. Do we Um, hate to insult men? But Ivan is very open about his feelings and about his experiences. And I think it's really commendable. Like there was multiple points during this conversation that he was openly crying. Like he wasn't embarrassed about it. He wasn't freaked out about it. Like he was very open about his experiences and it was really refreshing to watch. I mean, it was so upsetting because the experiences that he's had and his family has had are are heartbreaking, but it was refreshing for the show to air things like this because cast members have released things in the past where they're like, we weren't allowed to talk about politics. If we talked about politics, it got cut. If we talked about anything controversial, it got cut. It's like upsetting that it took this long. So I'm not like praising ABC for anything, but I, I was refreshed to see that we were able to have this moment. It was so beautiful. It was the most honest date I've ever seen on the show. So when this show filmed, it was during the summer. It was like June july time obviously during that time the nation kind of saw a major resurgence of the black lives matter movement with the murder of george floyd this was still very fresh on everybody's mind when they went into filming because it was only about a month or two after they had a very open conversation about george floyd ivan and Tasha are both biracial people of color and ivan during the course of this date, asked a lot of really pertinent questions. Something that he asked her was, how are the events of the world today affecting you personally? I think something that was kind of sad about it was when he was asking her these questions, Taisha kept apologizing for being upset. I think women in general are a little bit programmed to do, like when we feel too much or think too much or get emotional in a time that we think that we shouldn't, we're kind of conditioned to be like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm upset. Well, no, you're upset because it's an upsetting fucking thing. And adding to the fact that she is a woman of color, but it does affect her so personally. I can't begin to speak to the experience of a woman of color in this time. The moment from this conversation that struck me the most when Tasha was talking about being from Orange County, California, which is a predominantly white community. She says, hearing people yell Black Lives Matter, those are people in my backyard who I've spent my entire life trying to prove that I blend in with. That is so impactful and so important. And also just like the fact that this is being aired on ABC. We don't see conversations like this ever happen, which is one of the biggest problems everyone has with The Bachelor. And which is why everyone was like, if you don't cast a Black Bachelorette or a Black Bachelor, like 
we're not going to watch anymore because we're tired of it. People are, have been calling for this for so long. Now it's amazing. We're so happy to have Taysha. We're so happy to have Matt James coming up, but it's also really refreshing to see the conversations start happening too, because these are conversations that even a year ago would not have aired. How many seasons of The Bachelorette are we on? How many seasons of The Bachelor are we on? Where they go on these dates and they're like, I'm afraid of falling in love. I've been hurt before. We hear the same conversations 15 times a year. And the fact of the matter is those contestants having those conversations probably do have more interesting things to talk about. But like you were saying, you know, former contestants have said, we tried to talk about politics. We tried to talk about this. It got cut. So it was really refreshing to see such an honest conversation on the show that it, it very much didn't feel censored and it didn't feel cut down. Black Lives Matter is not a controversial statement. Like if you don't agree that Black Lives Matter, that's not controversial. And like you have some serious like digging to do within yourself. But but the thing that's controversial is is talking about the police and talking about prisons. And he did that. Ivan did that on the state. He referred to the correctional officers. He referred to the brutality. It was like, wow, we're actually able to have this conversation on ABC. They're airing it. This is what's happening. This is the reality. And we don't talk about it in mainstream television. And so I really appreciate that ABC aired this and they were exposing probably a new sector of people who have not cared to listen to these problems before. We have to work to like unravel this system that we live in. Before we get off this subject, um, Rachel Lindsay, who's really pioneered, I think, a lot of the conversations in Bachelor Nation concerning race. When she was on Nick Viall's season, prior to going to hometowns, Rachel and Nick, this was really the first time a conversation about race had notably ever happened on the show. Rachel talked to Nick about how he felt about the implications of being in a biracial couple. If he's thought about that at all, like what he thinks about that. He did not use the terrible phrase, oh, I don't see color, which is the worst, but I forget what he said exactly because it was years ago, but he gave a beautiful, eloquent response about kind of wanting to honor her traditions and her culture and, and, and embrace it and be a part of it. So I think that was kind of like the training wheels on the conversations we're starting to have now. And again, that conversation between Nick and Rachel probably was much more in depth than what we actually got to see air. So I'm glad to see that ABC is leaning in toward that a little bit more. And I'm sure that we will get more conversations like that on Matt James season because we are about to have our first Black Bachelor. We are shouting out another thrift account on Instagram this week because we can't get enough. We are obsessed. This one was started by my friend Kelsey. It is her Instagram page, Reese Cycled. She sources pieces from her followers. She creates sustainable style bundles. And every piece she posts on Thursdays is less than $20. It is seriously the most affordable and sustainable way to shop. I'm obsessed. Instagram thrift accounts quite literally are going to save us. They have saved my 2020. Please go check her out on Instagram. It's at reese.cycled. It's reese as in the candy, period. Cycled as in recycled. Go check her out. You will not regret it. Share in my obsession. We go from the most eloquent, beautiful, honest one-on-one -on -one this show has ever had to some typical bachelor shit. <laughs> the best, the best date I've ever seen on the show. We moved from that to literally an episode of Fear Factor hosted by Joe Rogan. I actually didn't write a lot down about this date because nothing really of substance happened. The only things that I wrote down were that Chris Harrison eating seafood and drinking Vovquico, absolute icon. So basically this date, 
is Tasha has Becca and Sydney from past seasons come on and help her with a game of truth or dare, but it's literally just dares and it's just fear factor, but bachelor version. The tasks that the guys have to do include chug a smoothie that has animal organs in it, get Chris Harrison to autograph their butt, make orgasm sounds into a megaphone so that the whole house can hear them, and eat a hot pepper and then propose to Tasha. None of them have ever orgasmed clearly because none of them knew how to make the sounds. It was horrifying. They were making the sounds and everyone at the house they showed the guys who weren't on the date who were at the house and they were all like, what is going on? We got my favorite quote of the episode. Blake Moynes is making sex sounds into the megaphone and easy back at the like villa hears this and goes, Blake's got demons. Blake needs to go to church. Probably the most pertinent quote of the season because Blake does have demons. And, and he does need to, to go to go. church. Oh, Blake sucks. All my notes I took tonight were basically like, Blake, ew. Ew, it's Blake. Blake is back. Send Blake home. My note about Blake was, Blake cannot stress this enough. Go home. Men lie at Blake. My second favorite quote from the episode was when we cut to Chris Harrison. He's autographing someone and Chris Harrison says, what do I get out of this other than tetanus? It's another bachelor date where we don't learn anything. Honestly, I had a good time. I love watching men suffer. So it was fun. (laughs) I mean, we got nothing out of it except like, pure enjoyment so then they now go to the cocktail we... party i wrote a few things for the cocktail party one was that blake is so fucking annoying which i already read but he was like i would never mistreat a woman and i just want to say i think it's great if you would never mistreat a woman of course but every guy who's ever had to say that out loud to me to my face has treated me like absolute garbage on the side of the road that they kicked. It's a red (laughs) flag to me when a guy like makes a point to say it, to be like, you will never catch me ever doing anything wrong in my life. I will treat you like a goddess because then they never do. He (laughs) made this big point to be like, I would never, ever, ever. And you're like, I think you might. He's like, I would never mistreat a woman. And that's how you know he's going to try to wear her skin as a suit. He will absolutely cut me open, put my skin on and walk around town. Like, I don't trust you for shit. I trust you as far as I can throw you. Go home. So anyway, that was my one note is that he men lie. It was just men lie. That was the note at Blake. <laughs> and then we're about to go into the chapter of the episode called Men Lie at Noah. My other note was that Zach C, I like Zach C, but he does need Zyrtec. I think that he has serious allergies. <laughs> I like what he says. I just don't like the way he says it. I'm like, something is happening to your sinuses. Basically, the next thing that happens is a total bit. Benny Wise knows that Tasha is upset with him for not talking to her at the last group date. So he sneaks off to her villa in the middle of the night to talk to her it goes great they make up he apologizes it's a very adult conversation so therefore it's boring and we don't have much to say about it redeeming we were like we love you benny wise but the bit comes from the fact that ed the father of carlos the baby doll ed thought that he would do the same thing so he goes to tasha's villa in the middle of the night and it's clear that producers gave him the wrong address and you think like oh my god are they gonna meet up at the front door and it's gonna be so awkward so that's like what you're headed towards with the drama but that is not what we got he shows up at Chris Harrison's villa allegedly at 2 30 in the morning but Chris Harrison was like fully dressed and mic'd up so I'm gonna go ahead and say it wasn't 2 30 in the morning I'm gonna go with a soft 10 10 p.m Ed shows up he's like I'm here to see Tasha. Chris Harrison's like she's across the resort and then he invites Ed in for a drink it's very uncomfortable and then Ed leaves and then Chris Harrison looks longingly out the window and says that was weird. Chris Harrison saying that was weird is me 24-7, always, all the time. That's my constant brand. Ed is just like, oh, for 10, dude. Like he has not hit once 
a swing and a miss every time. And he's like, but I will persist. We're like, <laughs> no one's asking you to. Now we're getting ourselves back on track to a regular weekly schedule. We end the episode with a cocktail party and a rose ceremony the way that we know and love it and feel comfortable with it. My first note about this was she is painfully not into Bennett. Watching her try to convince herself to kiss Bennett is so difficult. And if she ends up with Bennett, I'll eat my words, but like, I'm really willing to bet you a million dollars that she does not. I think he'll stick, he'll stick around. Cause they're like, you're so intriguing. Keep him. Stay. <laughs> the other note that I have written down is that Zach is just such Nick Vile vibes. Great value, Matthew McConaughey, but Nick Vile's entire aura. Ben is in frat semi-formal wear. He looks like every guy at my college that was going to a fraternity semi-formal. He's wearing khakis and a navy blazer and a red tie. And Ed is wearing the salmon jacket that we know and love so well, but it's like a great value version of the salmon jacket. So it's like, is it as good? Yeah. No. If you didn't watch Hannah Brown's season of The Bachelorette, Tyler Cameron was very notably wearing a salmon jacket to a lot of rose ceremonies. But like Tyler C is the sexiest man alive. So like it worked for him, but basically Ed looks like he saw Tyler C in the salmon jacket and he Amazon searched salmon jacket and bought the first $19 one that came up. And that one hits hard to Ed. It's tough to be the Amazon version of Tyler Cameron and yet you persist. But the really notable thing from this cocktail party was the lie because it is formerly mustache man Noah lying his little stupid mustacheless face off to Tasha and causing all of the drama. Explain the situation and I'll make my silly little jokes and be on my way. I was on my third Bud Light Seltzer by this point. So let's see how tactful my summary is. But basically Noah, as we said last time, he got the group date rose for a group date that he was not supposed to be on, which guys were pissed about, but they weren't like mad at Tasha. They were basically like, Noah, why did you crash the date? Nobody was like pissed off at Tasha for doing it. But then Noah interprets, well, no, he didn't interpret it this way. He made it up. He basically decided that he he heard what the guys said about being disappointed that he got the rose. And he thought I'd better go to Tasha and say that they don't trust her judgment for giving me the group date rose. So that's what he does. He goes to Tasha and he says that her judgment is being called into question. They think that she gave him the group date rope for the wrong reasons. All this like stupid shit, which obviously pisses Tasha off because now she thinks that all these guys don't trust her judgment. So she marches back into the room of the group of guys pissed off as she should be because if what Noah had said was true, then she would have reason to be pissed off. She walks into the room and basically says she's canceling the rest of the cocktail party because this is what happened. So then she leaves the room and a huff and the guys are all like well who was the last person to talk to her crickets nobody's speaking up and finally noah goes uh it was me and then he goes on to tell them what he said to Tasha, and they all freak out at him why would you tell her something so blatantly false you idiot he knew what he was doing and it was such a blatant lie i was like they don't like you because yeah. you're the worst so basically he's like yeah I, I just said this and they were all like but that literally didn't happen. And Riley was like, fix it. Cause he was like, now she's mad at all of us. And none of us had a problem with her. And none of us were mad at her at all. We were all mad at you, but they're also mad at him because he's being entitled. Like when they got the second group date for the week, he complained about it. And they were all like, stop being a bitch. Like you got the rose already. You're safe already. So it's frustrating because he already has a rose and yet he's going and complaining just because he 
is not liked. You can tell that a guy like Ben, the other guys really like because at the cocktail party, Tasha had hardly finished her like opening toast and Ben was like, can I talk to you? And one guy made a comment about it being kind of quick or whatever. Another guy goes, yeah, like he got her quick, but you know, he's nervous. He's not going to get his time in. And another guy goes, yeah, I don't blame him. And it's not a big deal at all. And that's how you can tell that Ben is someone who is liked in the house. Like you could tell that they're only so pissed because they don't like Noah. And Noah is somehow and, turning that into being Tasha's fault. And it's so frustrating because he's trying to just blame her for everything and then make it look like they're so mean to you, babe. I'm so sorry. And it's like, ew, pack it up. Then we go into the rose ceremony. Ed is like, I, if I if I go home tonight, it's Noah's fault. And we were all like, I don't, I don't really think that's true. And the episode ends with going home are Joe, cute glasses man, Jordan was what I wrote, Kenny, tattoo man. Joe and glasses man deserved better. I can't believe that they were sacrificed so that we could see more of Ed. Kenny was weird and it was his time. And shockingly, the most shocking was Chasen went home. This was a shock because she did seem pretty into Chasen last episode, which was why she kept him even despite the Ed drama. So Chasen going home at the end of the episode, I think was definitely the curveball. They definitely like played him up last episode because this episode we heard maybe one word from him and it was him being like, ah, Noah acts like a child. And we were like, ah, the worst person you know makes an excellent point. (laughs) They wrung him dry of all the drama they could get and then they said see ya Whole Lot of Love is a small business on Etsy based in Denver, Colorado, where you can find cute accessories for you and your dog. It offers reversible over-the-collar dog bandanas that can be personalized with your pup's name, cute totes to carry around all those toys and treats, koozies for your favorite seltzers, and more. This shop was inspired by the owner's golden doodle pup, Lotta, and they hope that your pup will be as stylin' as her with their new bandana. Follow their Instagram for new design releases at Whole Lotta Love, that's W-H-O-L-E-L-A-T-A, love, whole lot of love. Holiday designs will drop on Black Friday along with some store-wide discounts. It's really affordable, super cute. So if you are a dog lover or you know a crazy dog lover, this is the spot for you. If you are a small business owner and you listen to our podcast, we would love to feature you. DM us on Instagram or if you know us personally, you can text us. We would love to feature as many small businesses as possible, especially going into the holiday season. Next up to round out this whole thing is we're going to go into Bachelor Nation news. There's only one piece of Bachelor Nation news that matters. There's two. There's two. There's two. Yeah. Most importantly, justice has finally been served. Caitlin Bristow has won Dancing with the Stars. I literally screamed at my TV. I was so excited. (sighs) I can't even talk about it. I'm so happy for her. It was her moment. She worked so hard the whole season. She struggled. She faced critique and she was so so good and so talented and she's been I mean as Kayla has said before she's talked about this for years and years have you heard why Caitlin Bristow was blackballed from Dancing with the Stars initially if you followed this franchise for a while you know that a lot of cast members end up on Dancing with the Stars Nick Bial was on it Grocery Store Joe was on it Hannah Brown won last year Caitlin Bristow was the bachelorette five years ago she was cast on Dancing with the Stars Artem was supposed to be her partner as her season was airing two things happened happened. One, 
she was incredibly slut shamed and the year was like 2016 and we were not post me too movement like we are now and it was cool to call girls sluts and whores and caitlin bristow got a lot of that so that was the first thing and second thing was that caitlin bristow accidentally leaked her season of the bachelorette on snapchat she took a snapchat of her and sean sean the guy she picked while the season was airing and she meant to send it to a friend and she posted it to her public story so then everybody found out that sean won the bachelorette and that obviously cost production some ratings and whatever so mike fleiss literally the devil who produces the bachelor he is a satan man and we still watch his stupid garbage franchise so he's winning and mike fleiss basically got her fired from dancing with the stars under the guise that he didn't want people from his show using it to get famous which is a laugh and a half when you think about how many people from this fucking franchise started podcasts, started businesses, started this, that, and the other thing. So they're all influencers. Every single one of them at least has one brand deal. So everyone who goes on the show gets famous from going on the show. Yeah. So basically he blackballed Caitlin from Dancing with the Stars for the most garbage reason on earth. So Caitlin winning Dancing with the Stars is a very full circle moment. Justice was finally fucking served for Caitlin Bristow. And I am so happy for her. My queen. God bless. The only other piece of Bachelor Nation news is that Andy Dorfman started a running account because she wants to be me. It's called Andorphins, which is the best name ever. And I'm furious. She has like 21,000 followers and I have 130. I'm annoyed, but also like good for her, but also you stole my brand. Why is Andy Dorfman so obsessed with me? Why does she want to be me? Anyway, she doesn't know I exist. I hope everyone has a happy Thanksgiving. I hope that you only do it with people that you live with or in your immediate quarantine circle because we all love our grandparents and a holiday dedicated to genocide is not worth killing your elderly family members. That's all. But other than that, have a great week. Be safe. Don't be stupid. If you're an idiot, don't have a great week. But if you're not an idiot... I hope that you thrive. Thank you for tuning in. Please rate us on Apple Podcasts. If that's where you listen, give us a glowing review. Anything else will be deleted promptly. Also follow us on Instagram at don't insult my podcast.